Welcome to another episode of Living and Ultra Life. And I've got a guest on this week that I've had on before, and and I don't usually do repeats, but I was standing out at Mill Williams Seashore 50K in the wonderful pouring down rain, and this woman ran by and she's like oh by the way i listened to living an ultra life and you gotta get tara dower on again and i'm like okay where'd that come from so a little while later this guy named eric stopped and he's talking to me hi eric if you're listening i listen sometimes so and eric goes you know who you got to get on the on your podcast i listen to it all the time but you got to get this tara dower on and i'm like Okay, that's two. I, I'm not a genius, but you know, I'm starting to you know kind of clue into this. And then all of a sudden, a little bit later in the race, you know, when when my favorite people, the back of the pack runners, are coming through, this other woman comes by and she's like, "Listen to your podcast all the time. I am so motivated by Tara Dower. You gotta have her on again." And I thought, okay, third time's the charm. I gotta have Tara Dower on again. So, <laughs> welcome in, Tara Dower. Yeah, thanks doing? for having me. When was was it 2021? It was or 2021. You were one of the first 20... guests. Yeah, one yeah. of the very first guests we had on. And I don't know if you remember the last thing you said, we were talking about shoes and everything, and you said, you know, if ultra running would just send me a free pair of shoes. <laughs> How's, yeah. How did that work out in 2023? Great. I was in 2023, I was a development athlete for ultra, and that was a huge accomplishment uh, coming from, you know, 2021 around October, 2021 being my first 100 mile race to the game of 2023, you know, being one of the development athletes and, you know, receiving their shoes and for runners, we all know the shoes are the thing that, that costs the most and that you need the most of. And that was just really encouraging to know that people like have this faith in me and that, I can run really well and I'm receiving shoes for doing that too. So that was exciting. And, you know, I don't have to really worry about shoes anymore, which was the biggest expense. It is. And especially, I mean, you load up lots of miles and so you go through shoes pretty quick, right? Oh my right? gosh. I have, yes, I've, I go through so many shoes. I have so many shoes right now. I have this rotation. So for anyone, this is just a little tidbit. Uh, if you are able, I know running shoes are so costly these days, but if you are able to purchase two pairs of shoes that you love at the same time and just rotate them, one day you're wearing shoe A and then next day you're wearing shoe B, that's going to help with the longevity of your shoes. I have a rotation of about about six now, but overall my arsenal, I I kind of get attached to my running shoes based on the race I've run, the FKT I've done in them. So I, right now I have about 30 pairs of shoes. I don't wear them all, but it's really hard for me to get rid of them based on that the stories. Awesome. <laughs> that is awesome. <laughs> but you know, you're right. So with a pair of shoes, it's a tool. It's probably one, as a, as a runner, it's probably one of your most <laughs> important tools because you can pretty much throw on any pair of shorts, any t-shirt. I mean, yeah. those are all cool, but the shoes, yeah. that is, that is a key tool in your arsenal. If you want to run injury free. Yeah, for sure. I, I think there's a couple of things that I aspire and I haven't had to buy a mattress yet and I'll get into that in just a second, but three things that like I aspire to like spend the most money on one shoes. Second is sunglasses. Cause your eyes are just so important. Uh, and the gift of eyesight is so 
beautiful. And then three is a mattress. Luckily, I haven't had to buy a new one yet, but you're doing most of your things uh, like walking. You're walking a lot all the time. Um, you're sleeping for hopefully eight hours a day or night. And then, you know, in the sunlight, you're always constantly in the sunlight if you're a runner. So those are three big things. And food, of course, you want to get good quality food. But those are three big things that you want to spend, try to spend the most money on and try to uh, save up for. Exactly. So as a stellar athlete and ultra runner and through hiker, and I could think of so many things to call you, but why is sleep important? Sleep is good for recovery. Yeah, it's it's so it's so important. It just rebuilds so many. I don't know the science behind it. I just know it's so good for recovery. You're just being still. Even if you can't fall asleep, I think just being still and laying down is so good. So just staying staying in that position. Yeah, it's it's just so good for you. I used to be one of those kinds of people as like, I don't need a lot of sleep. I can do off of four to six hours of sleep a night. And I just perform so much better now with eight hours of sleep. I just had to get comfortable with the fact like I have to sit there. I'm a very active person. I'm kind of my head, my brain is always going. I'm always thinking about something. I'm always on the go. So like forcing myself to sit there in bed for, you know, if I'm up and I've only slept six hours, forcing myself to stay in the bed for two more is hard, but it's so worth it. Awesome. And so let's let's talk a little bit about you know sleep. You did in 2023 Colorado FKT set yeah. the new supported fastest known time for women or overall women. Women. Okay. So how do you marry fact? Because how many days were you out on the trail? Nine. Yeah, it was nine. It was eight days and 21 hours, I think. Okay. So, so that yeah. means you had at least eight nights where you're out on the trail how do you work sleep in when you're doing these fkts yeah that's different <laughs> you don't sleep that much on the trail otherwise the record probably wouldn't happen and i will say the record has been beaten about i think it was either a couple weeks to a month later nina bridges i think her last yeah. name is went out and set the record so there's a 20-year hiatus of women not on the colorado trail setting this record or attempting and not uh, achieving so and then there was just like this flow of women who you know set self-supported different directions and collegiate route and then you know nina and i doing the supported record so there's this like drought of women and all of a sudden they all like came out and did it which i think is awesome but as far as sleep goes during my attempt i tried to get at least three hours of sleep uh, the last day I got one hour of sleep. Yeah, I was one hour of sleep. And that was in between a 50 mile day and a 74 mile day. Uh, and at the end of that, one hour I of sleep between 50 and 74. <laughs> yeah. Wow. And at the end of it, I ate some ice cream and I went to bed <laughs> so, <laughs> for so long. <laughs> That's awesome. That so uncomfortable so awesome. though. <laughs> so when you did, because you've done also Appalachian Trail and no, you've done Mountain to Sea and Benton McKay, right? You're yeah, going to do the AT soon, right? Yeah, I through hiked the Appalachian Trail with my husband just five months, 10 days. We just backpacked the entire thing. We were six months married. It was it was some of my fondest memories in my That's life. Awesome. And then yeah, you after got to that, know each other really well, didn't you? Yeah, I mean, maybe a little too well. <laughs> 
<laughs> we also had a lot of arguments, but after the trail, I felt like we argued everything like out. We had nothing for like That's a year awesome. or so. It's like, That's oh awesome. yeah, we worked through all of that, all of the issues that newlyweds would work through. In a couple of years, we worked through in like five months, which was hard, but also so rewarding. We got through a lot. We did it together. Um, so yeah, Mounds of Sea Trail was in 2020, and that's 1,175 miles across the state of North Carolina. And the Benton McKay Trail, which is one of my favorites, it's so amazing. Some of my favorite mountains are the Southern Appalachian uh, Mountains, and that is 289 miles from Davenport Gap, around Davenport Gap in the Smoky Mountains to Springer Mountain in Georgia. That's awesome. And yeah. is that... Is the Benton McKay the one that your book is written on? Yes. Yeah. Go ahead. Plug oh. your book for a second. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I I wrote a book. It's really a short story accompanied by some photography my friend did who was following us on the trail. And he's a great photographer, Pete Schreiner. If you're in the Southern Appalachian Mountains, you've probably seen him out there. He's got long hair, big beard. He's a photographer for a lot of races, but he came out and took some photos. He's got amazing talent for photography. So my short story of that FKT accompanies his photos in black and white. And I think it's just a really raw look into an FKT and what it takes. And I think I wrote the best I've ever written, but I think what really makes this book great are the photos and how Pete just captured the rawness of an FKT. Yeah. I, I remember reading it and thinking, wow, this the pictures, you did an excellent job writing because the the pictures with the words just tell what the difficulty in an FKT on a pretty stout trail. I mean yeah. the story you tell in it. So tell the title of your book in case people yeah. are looking for yeah. Christmas gift ideas. It's it's light and easy. I sell them on Amazon, but I also sell them directly. I have some and I can sign some or I can sign one and send it to people. So if you do want one, you can DM me on Instagram, but I give your Instagram handle. Oh yeah. Uh, at Tara, T-A-R-A dot Dower, D-O-W-E-R. And if you are interested in doing an FKT or not, I think it's just a, it's a fun adventure and story that I think anyone can appreciate. I, I think it was excellently done. So 2023, we're not going to really rehash it because you've been on some other podcasts and, and <laughs> had a lot of fun, but you really, really kicked ass this year. What was your favorite thing that you did in 2023? Oh, wow. There's so much. There's so, so much. There's so much I did. I did Black Canyon. I did Hellbender. And that was really tough. That was the beginning of the year, February for Black Canyon, then Hellbender was May, I think. Those weren't my favorite races. I had some mental, some physical things going on, um, but really ramped up as far as enjoyment goes when I got to the summer and got on the Colorado Trail with my best friend, Liz. I have so much respect for her. There's a whole story there on the Colorado Trail very intense story, but we spent a lot of time together and just FKTs are so different from races because it's really a competition with yourself and just pushing your own limits and just kind of digging deep. You don't have anyone cheering you on. Uh, you're pretty much by yourself. You have yourself and that's it. And it's this like, you got to really just encourage yourself. And I think that was tough for me. 
especially on such a long one and not being supported the entire time. So I, I started self-supported and then it had to turn into supported since Liz had left me on the trail. She, she still supported me. But all of these friends came out of the woodwork in Colorado. She got a team together and we worked our way towards the end of the trail together. But in those moments where I didn't have her, where she was trying to transition to a supported effort, I had to be on my own. I had to backpack on my own, which is something I haven't done a whole lot of. Like I've done it like a handful of times, but it's not something I choose to do. I, I love spending time with people on trail. I'm a social person, but there was a lot of value in that experience and beauty. But then Run Rabbit, Run 100 Miler in September was amazing. I felt like I was a 100%, like my crew, my husband, Jonathan, and my friend Reese were there supporting me. And that was just a fun experience with all the ladies there on the trail. I, I met a lot of men there, but I've always said this. I always will. Meeting women on the trail, meeting women at these races is just so much fun. We just understand. I feel like we we share in this experience together and we kind of just know there's this knowing between us. So I loved that race, not only because I did really well, but I, I felt like I just made a lot of friends at that race, which is always, always my favorite thing. Yeah. So I'd say it'd have to be between Run Rabbit and then Colorado Trail, somewhere in between those two. <laughs> It's a my favorite Tara moment from 2023 was a oh, video no. you did at Hard Rock right before you started the the Colorado Trail. Yes. And you are running up because you saw somebody and oh. you were you were like a little girl that just, you know, saw their hero that I think I, and and the reason that was my favorite Tara moment of 2023 was I think that was that was the real Tara just emerged this bursting with joy, full of enthusiasm. Just saw her rock star come oh, by, gosh, yes. and that was my absolute favorite moment. Who who was that rock star, by the way? Yeah, I take everything back. Colorado Trail exit, Run Rabbit Run, no. It was definitely meeting or seeing Courtney DeWalter on the Hard Rock course and her looking me, looking at me and I waving at her, just so excited. And of course, like so many people are there and so many people are shouting her name. So she, she's just such a good sport. She smiles at everyone. She, she waves at people, says hello, oh, just loved watching her do her thing. I mean, that's such a dream. I'm not from the West Coast. I'm not from Colorado. I'm in Virginia Beach like you. We don't go to these races and always see Courtney there or always see like our idols. We see them on Instagram and YouTube and uh, hear them on our podcasts. And when you can finally see your idol doing their thing in one of your dream races, being Hard Rock, my dream race is Hard Rock, seeing them do their thing, it's just, it's just a new type of high. Uh, and at Havelina 100, she, I saw her coming towards me. She was running the 100K with her mom, and I was running the 100 miler. Yeah. And I freaked out, and I was like, Courtney, oh my gosh. I was just freaked out, and I gave her a fist bump. And my friends who were running with me outside, out of the shoot, were like, she said your name. She said, good job, Tara. I didn't hear it, but it happened, according to my friends, and that that was amazing. 
It was the yeah. best moment of the year. She's yeah. so huge. In my, she's like, I, I, I would she's like higher than Kim Kardashian. Your, yeah, I would, I would totally encourage people to go crash Tara's Tara's Instagram account, find the video, and you will see who Tara really is. Because you've overcome a lot in this short kind of ultra running racing career. And I think one of the biggest things that people may not know about you is the anxiety that you mm. are are overcoming. Can you talk just a little bit about that? Yeah, sure. I can talk about that. But I will say, number one, like you kind of alluded to, I number one, I'm not an ultra runner. Number one, I'm a fangirl. I'm a big time yeah. fangirl. Number two, ultra runner. <laughs> but number three, I would say through hiker. But Number one for sure is like, I will get hype for my idols, <laughs> no matter who they are. I will be yep. so excited. Well, I, I, yeah, we're going to go into that in a second. I'm, <laughs> I'm going to get Tara. You, here you go. You can think about this while you're talking about, you know, anxiety. The top five that you would love to meet. Oh, yeah. Runners. Not just, okay. not just, not just ultra runners, just, oh. you know, through hikers. Top five. Mm. So that's something for you to think about. But let's talk a little bit about anxiety, because I really admire the way that you're not hiding this behind a bushel, but you're very open about it. And you're very honest about the struggle. So yeah, talk a little bit about it. yeah, it's, it's, um, it's always been a struggle of mine. And I n notice it more when I'm not like actively working on it. So it's a kind of a constant battle. Um, when I think it's fine, it tends to creep up more because I'm not actively trying to work on it. But I would say uh, I noticed I had anxiety because I thought having anxiety was normal for everyone when I was growing up. I think that was just like, oh, everyone feels like this. It wasn't like anything that happened that made me think like this is a problem. But when I was, I tried to through hike the Appalachian Trail on my own and had a very bad time for eight days. I, I tried to hike the trail on my own and had a panic attack my eighth day on the trail. Migraine felt like a elephant was sitting on my chest. I was hyperventilating and I tried to do this thing I had always wanted to do and it was crumbling and that was tough. I actually uh, don't say this too often, but I know, you know, some people can relate, but I did want to hurt myself out there too. And the reason why I wanted to hurt myself was to have a reason to get off trail and I knew at that point, like, this is not healthy. I need to, I need to take a step back. So after that, I did a lot of work for about two years to figure out what was going on, where this anxiety was coming from. And uh, in 2019, that's when me and my husband, I knew having an advocate there with me, also just like his presence is very calming. Uh, but I also did a lot of personal work on grounding and not so much think of the future. Keep myself in the present is the most important thing that I do and stay in the moment. That's like my main like grounding technique. Uh, so 2019 got through the entire trail, felt great no anxiety. Um, there were moments, but you know, through those tactics, I was able to combat any of that. And then in 2020, it was probably one of the, another worse period where I was on the mountains of sea trail and I was doing the FKT across the state of North Carolina. And first eight ish days again, I had really bad anxiety, just terrible, terrible anxiety where it just felt like doom, just doom, death, death was awaiting me. All I had to do, I needed to get off the trail. 
this is a terrible feeling. I need to get off. And I think that's our, I'm not exactly sure, but I think that's our body's response to something like new and kind of uncomfortable. That's like our body telling us like, go seek comfort. And I, again, worked through that, got through the entire trail. But again, I did want to hurt myself. I did want to take a rock and smash my ankle. So I'd get off the trail. And luckily I didn't. I finished uh, relatively well. And then I started really working with a therapist to understand that anxiety and worked on more grounding techniques. And I think I've come a long way because I can go on these backpacking trips, for instance, like on the Colorado Trail, not have that feeling. You know, I know what techniques to use if anything does come up like that. Like, for instance, on the John Muir Trail, me and my husband were doing it together in 2022. We were uh, completing a section that I hadn't done. And so we were completing that. And I did have a moment where I was like, doom, this is death. I need to get off the trail. But again, use those techniques and I was fine for the rest of the trail. So it's not like it doesn't happen. It still creeps up like on at Hellbender. I was uh, talking about that earlier. Mentally, it was tough. I was telling myself, you're bad at this. You're a bad runner. Uh, everyone's going to catch up to you. I was fourth overall, but for some reason in my head, I told myself that I was trash. I was a bad competitor. I was walking too much and none of that was true. Like I, I was not, I was doing my hardest. I was doing my best that I could in that moment. But for some reason, my mind was telling me otherwise. So yeah, I struggle with anxiety. I would say less so, but it creeps up every so often. And I have to, something that works for me is just constantly working on those grounding techniques and just <laughs> trying to find my peace is important. Yeah. You're doing awesome. Yeah, and oh, thank thanks. you so much for talking about that because I know that's it's not a subject that you know you want to like, hey, I'm this kick-ass runner through hiker and <laughs> I have anxiety. But you know what? Thanks for sharing that because that'll help yeah. somebody in the future well, to know that. You know, oh wait, you know, Tara can can do the, all these amazing things and she fights this, so maybe I can too. Yeah, I honestly like if I'm to think about it I really don't understand that mentality of not sharing your experience I know for some people it's tough to do but personally for me like I don't feel like I should like keep that to myself because it it just doesn't compute to me like keeping that to myself doesn't seem productive for anyone not myself or you know not any of the people I care about or people that are trying to attempt similar things. It it doesn't really compute to keep that within me. And for those that do, that's fine. That's just personal. But me, it's just not something I really understand. Okay, so let's go let's go another subject. So we talked about my favorite moment of twenty twenty three. So do you do you want to know <laughs> what my favorite moment of twenty twenty four will be? Well, just because we're talking, I would think maybe hard rock. I am going to so love watching you cross the finish line <laughs> oh. at Hard Rock. Yeah, I'm knocking am, on wood am, right now. I, I want... I'm knocking in my head. I'm knocking on any wood <laughs> between now and Hard Rock I can find. But you got in. Yeah, I did. Oh, man. A miracle in, it, in itself. So Yeah. Do you want to tell the story of how... Yeah. No, you I know how <laughs> you figured out because it was kind of crazy that we were in like I mean you were around when I found out but you were there like yep. in the vicinity. No, you tell the story. This is awesome. Okay. 
yeah, we both were at Devil Dog. We saw each other and we were like, I know that face. And it was Mike and me and Cheryl Meltzer. We were crewing Carl Meltzer as he raced. And you were, who are you crewing? I was crewing Matt Fish. Matt Fish. And we were just hanging out as you do as crew, just hanging out for hours, waiting for your runner. And we were just chatting. And then me and Cheryl went off to the next aid station. And there at that aid station, I got a text from my friend because that day was Western States and Hard Rock lotteries. And my friend texted me. She's like, congrats on getting in Hard Rock. And I like stopped. I took Cheryl's arm, like grabbed it. And I was like, oh my gosh, oh my gosh. And she's like, you got in? I was like, yeah, I started jumping around. There's all these people who are my community, like the ultra runners who are like all hype. Like I couldn't think of a better place to be at Devil Dog 100 to get that news. If I was at work, people would be like, I do have friends that understand ultras, but like this is my community, the Devil Dog yeah. community. That's the ultra runner community. So a lot more people were excited for me there compared to if I was at like work or at home. And then Carl also got in. Cheryl got a text from her friend and Carl came in and we told him and he was like, oh man, now I have to train. And he was really excited and we both were, we're both looking forward to it. But then I came back to the aid station. I don't know when we saw you, but I was like, guess what? I got in. <laughs> blew my mind. Totally yeah. blew my mind. I was so excited for you. That That is so cool. And it's so cool that Carl and you both got in because Carl's mm -hmm. your coach. Yeah, yeah. Carl's great. I really enjoy him as just a person too. He's a very simple person. He is, he's been doing this for a very long time. He's doing, been doing hundred milers for a very long time and uh, just appreciate him. Was Devil Dog like his 70 something hundred yeah, mile finish? It, I forget. It's like 80 something that he started and then like 70 something that he's completed. He's make yeah. it. He's making his way to 100, and he won Devil Dog this year, which did. blew wow. my mind because yeah. I did not see him passing that first place runner. I mean, yeah, because he, I think he, last time we saw each other, he was still like 15 to 20 minutes behind him. Yeah, he. I think Carl told me at like 80 mile 80 ish, he got problems with his nutrition, and even third place passed him. And I mean, that just goes to show anyone like that's how quick a race can change, and yeah. nutrition can be be a real game changer. Yeah. So Havelina was quite the adventure for you this past year, right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yikes. So for those who don't know, Tara Tara encountered a cactus. <laughs> really encountered the cactus uh, I mean, up close and very personal <laughs> encountered the cactus yeah but you know what you got back up right yeah i mean the choya it doesn't take much to get the choya on you you just can brush up against it and that's kind of what i did i was just not i was not thinking i was not just i was not eating or drinking so i was just very um out of it i just wasn't like keeping my wits about me as being very, um, what's the word I'm looking for? Like careless on the trail and there's Troya all along it. And I just walked right into it. It didn't take much for it to just get attached to me. It's very painful once it gets on you. And I had to walk two miles to aid station for them to take it off. And I took it off and tried to run again. And I could have kept going, but then, you know, I realized like why I was having so much trouble before that, why I walked into Troya was because uh, nutrition and hydration 
for anyone that knows the course at Havelina, you know it gets pretty warm there and uh, has a high, high attrition rate. <laughs> So 2024 is going to be an adventurous year. And you live in Virginia Beach, Tara. Mm -hmm. How are you going to train for something like Hard Rock in Virginia Beach? Yeah, and I, I think I think I, I had said this to a friend. There's not a lot of people that do these kinds of things from like Virginia Beach or the beach areas that go and do like Hard Rock, but I think they can. That doesn't mean I don't I don't think they can. I just don't think there's a lot of people that do it. And I think when I was starting out ultra running and really found out that I love mountain races, I was trying to find people who did these types of races, who lived in flatter areas. And that's when I found Casey Licktag. And she's a great example of a crusher who um, does mountain races. So I kind of wanted to be that person for somebody. I wanted to inspire people to go for these tough dreams. Like even if it feels as daunting as like a hard rock uh, could be just your first mountain race. I just want people to know like it is possible if you live somewhere because of means like I'm mil my husband's military, so we can't move like do if you live somewhere because you have to be there, but you love mountain races, like you can do it. There are ways. And the ways that, that I train for mountain races is using old Mount Trashmore. That's how I started. And I did run rabbit run before I got my treadmill. That's how I bought my treadmill. I'm always using the money that I get from ultras to invest back in the sport. So I got my a really neat treadmill that goes up to 40% climbing. But before that, I was always on Mount Trashmore, just going up and down. I would do like eight miles where I'm just going up, down, up, down, up, down, up, down, up, down. It was, uh, it was, I don't even know the word for it, a little much, but I still love those runs. It's just so focused. It's um, focused on, you know, getting as much vert as you can. Uh, and then also to train for, I think, an underrated method is using soft sand beach runs. Uh, I did a lot of soft sand beach runs in Panama City before I did Blood Rock 100, which is in Alabama. It's another really, really, really tough mountain race. Um, I think they're actually, I'm not sure. I think this might be a rumor. I heard this from somebody, but I think they're stopping the Blood Rock 100 yeah, because this year was the last year. So my do you know why? I don't know why. My it's... buddy Chris Hayden, Steve Lindemann, mm -hmm. went out from Wyoming and ran it this year. And it's, you know, both finished tough. it and loved it. And they said, okay, we're we run the Bighorn Mountains all the time. This was really hard. So, uh, yeah. yeah. Jeff Browning ran my year and he said he was like, That was really tough. And Jeff lives in Colorado or Arizona, one of those places. Yeah, he's in Arizona. But you yeah. put the fear of God in Jeff Browning that year, remember? I did, yeah. <laughs> I can't believe that. That is, I, I don't, I, I feel like they're just trying to make me feel good about myself, but right. I, I don't know if I put Jeff, I made Jeff Browning fear yep. losing. Yep. I think I thought how, it was funny. Yeah. I don't know. I think he was an hour ahead of me, maybe. So he not was an hour ahead of you, but he, he got worried because he, you were close. Yeah. <laughs> he was like, I can't get beat by this girl. Yeah, that you'd, was awesome. you'd, I thought that was perfect. You'd be surprised how many men really don't like that's their goal, not to be beat by a woman. 
I've met a lot of men on these races, and I've talked to a lot of men. Right. <laughs> I just laugh at it. I think it's kind of funny. Some some women women might take offense to that. It is kind of silly, but I'm like, that's a fun goal. <laughs> that's yeah. a very simple, yeah. actionable goal. <laughs> yep. Uh, I think it was awesome, though. Okay, yeah. so let, let's jump back in. I, I've given you some time to think now. All right. So mm-hmm. top five superheroes you you want to meet or run with mm-hmm. or both. Number one, Courtney. Yeah. All these people that I'm thinking of are like already people I really admire and that I've met. Like, um, for instance, I was I worked for her, but Jennifer Farr Davis, I worked yes. for her in 2020. She's a great hiker, uh, set the Appalachian Trail overall record. Heather Anderson, who set AT and PCT records, would love to just do a hike with her as well. And then Devin Yanko, also like a a butt of mine too, which is kind of crazy to say. Like she's a really uh, sweet person and she tried to help. Devin down at Umstead or not? Yes. Was it Umstead? Okay. yeah. Yeah. And she just, she laughed me and she was just cruising best race best race of that year in my opinion oh uh i would like to meet camille heron i've never met yeah. her but she is sounds like listening to her interviews she sounds like such a fun person i yes. want to be her friend and just chat they're all women because i follow more women and women sports Cause it's so inspiring for me because when I started out doing this, I didn't think for me it was possible. And then I started following women who were doing it and they inspired me. And then I was like, I can do it too because of these ladies, because they're doing it. Yeah. I think that's awesome. Funny story about string bean. I saw him at Havelina and he wasn't, he didn't have a great race either, but I ran past him. I think on the second loop I said something so cheesy and I look back and I'm like, gosh, Tara, that was the first time you were meeting this guy and you just like said something like so generic and like cliche for ultra runners. I said like, just stay in this mile. You can do it. And he was like, "Uh uh-huh. Turns out he was like not doing well at all. And I was just like saying like, you can do it. Saying the common thing. (laughs) Yeah. Just like anything. And but, then after, did you just go, yeah, just let me put my foot in my mouth. <laughs> yeah, I just was like, don't, just meet him casually and don't bring that up. Just hopefully he doesn't remember you as the person that said that to him. <laughs> That's awesome. Okay, all right, so fun moment. So your trail name is Candy Mama. Uh-huh. So what is your favorite candy when you're on the trail? Uh, so I actually can't eat my favorite candy on trail anymore because I have I'm very cavity prone okay. and I finished the Appalachian so Trail with six cavities. Oh my gosh. <laughs> yeah, it was so I had to get them all full. And usually when I go to the dentist, I know people are probably cringing right now, but honestly I am. I have a water pick, I floss, I do the teeth brushing, I do everything I can, but like I am very cavity prone. I usually go to the dentist and have at least one cavity to fill. That's- so you can only imagine like what it was like on the trail. So yeah. my favorite candy is airheads. Okay. But I can't eat that anymore because the dentist told me that's not gonna melt off your teeth. If you're to eat chocolate, that is more likely to melt off your teeth and like oh, not create a cavity. So if I was to pick a candy that is good-ish for my teeth and not as bad, it would probably be 
chocolate covered pretzels. There you go. Chocolate covered pretzels. Now everybody knows what to hand Tara as she's running past them on the trail. <laughs> yeah, the white chocolate at, kind. At Hard Rock. Yeah. So you get Ooh. white chocolate pretzels. Okay. So mm. anybody that's going to Hard Rock next year and you want to meet rock star Tara, make sure you have white chocolate pretzels to hand her. Just throw them in my mouth. <laughs> there you go. That is awesome. Okay. So let's wind this down. Living an ultra life. What's the first thing that pops into your head when you hear that? Mm. I think it's changed over the years, but I think before it was about like grunting through and just like powering through pain and powering through like discomfort. But I think as I'm kind of maturing more in the sport, it means like sustaining myself for the future and sustaining myself for not only future and ultra running, but also just like life. So what living an ultra life looks like for me now is doing different things. Like I've started to try to attempt a planche, which is like a uh, weird way of describing it is like a, a plank where you're using your legs are off the ground straight out in front of or straight out behind you. And you're just using your arms to keep you up. So I've started to do that just to work a little more on my upper body. And then also doing a lot of like physical therapy work on my knees, my ankles to make sure I'm healthy for the future. I can pick up my children or my grandchildren and not feel pain. And then just like fueling myself properly and taking time, enjoying the trail. Uh, if I see a cool mushroom at first landing, I'm going to stop and take a picture and just like look at that or like go to reptile bridge and like check out what animals are hanging out around there Yep. at first landing. So I think it's all about sustaining, enjoying, and just trying to preserve my body. That is so awesome. Carrie, you know, every time I talk with you, it is just such a pleasure because I just yeah. see you're such, you're going to be such a great spokesperson for, for this sport and not oh, just the, the trail running, ultra running, but through hikers, I think a lot of through hikers, if they would follow the candy mama, they would they would learn a lot about sustainability out on the trail and how to persevere through the dark times because there's going to be dark times. And you've yeah. done such a fantastic job of addressing them and pushing through them. Yeah, thank you. I appreciate yeah. that. All right, so leave us leave us with a with a nugget of wisdom from Tara as as we go oh. out. Oh no. Yes, you're putting you on the spot. Mm -hmm. Okay, here's one that I learned from Havelina. Drink Coke. If you can't do anything, water, tailwind, goo, roctane, gels, no food, no food, nothing's working. Just drink the Coke. Sustain yourself off Coke for the very end, finishing the trail on Coke because nothing else was working. So if nothing's Calorie, working- sugar, caffeine, all in the- on the just, same loop pop. It does it does it all. Just do it. You can you can finish the hard race that your your stomach's telling you you can't, but the coke, it's going to do it. You're going to get through it and you're going to thank me later because if you see me out there on the trail, if you see me at a race or a training run and I'm not like doing okay and I'm like oh, I'm going to quit, just be like, "Tara, take the coke. Just do the coke." Yeah, that is awesome. <laughs> yeah. All right, Tara. That will do it. <laughs> for this episode of Living an Ultra Life. 